start the pod by saying happy birthday to my old friend, Peter. You know, Peter, it's been almost 15 years, if you can believe wow. that. Wow. Has it really? It oh, has. Damn. I, met you, I met you at, uh, at what, McGeorge School of Law uh, fucking when I was 18 years old, man. Dude, we'd, you'd come over to my apartment and we would just rage. Do you remember that? We'd have like multiple guitars and just like a bunch of people and just kind of like randomly kind of rage in the middle of a very like subdued environment. It was kind of funny. Yeah. My I neighbors like must have just hated me. <laughs> I was I was reminiscing on it like a week ago and uh, I feel like we raged in like a very literary way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hang out and listen to records and drink cheap wine and talk about the world. <laughs> it is kind of crazy that we're still like a little uh, cohort of, uh, of folks, you know, ever oh, since the time. One of my one of my greatest blessings in life, man, to have homies like nigh on, you know, 15 years. It's like uh, it's quite a privilege. It is. It really is. And, you know, one thing that uh, this is this is our segue maybe into today's uh, topic, which is Mr. Andrew Tate. Um, we're, we're all we're all kind of like like dudes, you know, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but we're all like dudes. Right. And we all kind of do some self-help talks every now and then. We do a yep. thing where we're kind of like, life is this, and and here's how you do better, and like, mm-hmm. let's talk about girls, and let's talk about drugs, let's talk about like, whatever. And so we're we're you know we're basically Andrew Tates, right? That's that's who we are. We're, yeah. We're, we're we're mini Andrew Tates, right? Yeah. Just <laughs> just three Andrew Tates hanging out, angry at the world. You know, angry well, he's like a big feminist guy, right? Isn't that his whole thing? He's a big, like, women's rights guy. You know, it's all for, like, you know, know your place, men, and, like, respect women. That That's right. his deal, right, from what I gather. Yeah, respect women in a very small cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, you know, I don't know if you want to, like, jump in with your thoughts, because I'm curious. I'm going to be, like, very anti-Andrew Tate. I'm going to be like on the fuck him side of this. Uh, I'm not sure where you fall exactly, but um, it's pretty easy for me to take the fuck you side. So I'm kind of, let's let's hear your take on this guy. Well, first of all, I love the guy. He's a scion. Here we go. He's a scion of (laughs) intelligent thought in this world. Dude, just a a much, yeah, dude, a much needed voice. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, I, I one one thing that I feel really deeply is that angry men just don't have a voice in our society and oh, never have. Never. Right? It's unbelievable. No. no, I mean it's a it's a matriarchal no society. No yeah. platforms for angry men, you know what I'm saying? Nah, okay, so for real, uh Andrew Tate interesting character i i tried to take a an open well i wouldn't even say open-minded but like a multifaceted approach to how i was kind of digging into his content this week and trying to understand i i i'm i think i made the fatal error of trying to understand the guy <laughs> okay yeah i didn't even try <laughs> no you know it was interesting because I, I, of course i consumed a lot of the media around him right a lot of and and the the kind of clamoring narrative is fuck this guy which is absolutely justified because first of all let me just say fuck this guy uh the other thing though that i was i was really interested in something that's kind of been a life's work for me is wondering why 
that brand of angry masculinity ends up finding such a voice with young people. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of thoughts on that, and maybe we'll get into that stuff later. The thing that I was most kind of struck by was that, you know, as I'm, I'm, you know, you hear the guy talk and he's easy to hate. And I ended up stumbling onto an Andrew Tate subreddit, very few followers on it, but a lot of kind of, uh, you know, like inspo, inspo posts where it's like, you know, not unlike those like pictures of a mountain where it's like, it's high, but you can climb it. You know, there was like a bunch of snippets of things that he said and interestingly I found some of them to be pretty on point you know it's I think out of context some of the stuff that he's talking about resonates because it's easy to it's it's a way that you can think about you know he's 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 into this kind of like work hard and make yourself better ethos which is something that you and I share it's just got a really unpalatable flavor and it's mixed in with a lot of just kind of outrageous, hateful ideas that I don't know where they entered from. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm trying to look at it from a couple, couple different angles. I don't like the guy. I think he's kind of a pussy in mm -hmm. a, in a fundamental way. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the dude? Give me your, give me your 20,000 foot view of this very short man. Yeah, <laughs> so, so <laughs> I mean, to me, it's really simple. I think that the guy, he uh, developed a narrative of life when he was like 12 years old and mm. stuck to it and never mm. moved on from it. Because mm -hmm. at some level, like every 12-year-old boy is like, oh, the world is boys versus girls. And you know what? Gr girls say they rule, but really, it's a man's world and that sort of thing. And like, what, what kind of like sticks out to me is how he doesn't actually care at all about the real world, mm -hmm. real people, human beings. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. He cares about uh, tr tropes and cliches. And mm -hmm. so just as one note about this, like uh, when he was talking to Hassan, the podcast guy who also don't really <laughs> like, but um, Andrew Tate was saying, um, you know, women are worse drivers than men. Hassan was like, okay, the data shows actually, if you look it up, that women across the board are better drivers than men. And Andrew Tate's like, no, because in my experience, that's not true. It's like, okay, then then cool, man. You're also wrong, you know? Right. <laughs> and you're, you're just like doing the thing that you made up a worldview when you're 12 years old and like everything was black and white and men versus women. And, and it's just so painfully boring and so dumb and there's no nuance. And I mean, I don't know what sorts of women he hangs out with or, or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. but like, you know, everyone is fine. Everyone is like doing their thing, but like literally the women in my life would take one look at that motherfucker and be like, dude, uh. you're a dork. <laughs> you're dumb. You're gross. You're gross and you're offensive. <laughs> like, go yeah. fuck away. <laughs> I don't care how much money you have, dude. Like, you're you're not someone I would even want to like walk into a grocery store with, let alone like call my significant other or anything like that. Women like are, you know, they they are not stupid, and he thinks that women are stupid, and right. that that's kind of like the fundamental thing about him. That's like, you know, if he has anything kind of fundamentally wrong, it's like kind of guys are stupid because guys get on board with this whole thing of like, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know, like, I okay, so little tangent. Wait, let me ask, let me ask yeah. you a question. 
how much because one of his arguments recently now that he's been canceled which i find is funny because a bunch of the podcasts where i listen to him speak he goes you know very explicitly he says i mean everything that i say right. and then he gets canceled and he's like actually it's a character that i'm playing how, do you think any of it is artifice or do you think that it's a hundred percent he's he's you know in there mm -hmm. Do what do I think? Yeah. Do you think any of it's artifice? Do you think there's any credence to that? You think it's just pure cowardly backpedaling? What what do you think? Uh I, I mean, I think he's just dumb. Like I, I don't <laughs> even think that he's clever enough to, to really craft a coherent other. Mm -hmm. I that, that's kind of my take on the guy. Um Yeah, I like that. To, to still like hold on to my tangent that I'll I will dive into because I think it's kind of relevant, is that last night I was watching um Bill Burr's new stand-up special on Netflix. Ah. And, you know, he kind of does the same thing of like, like a masculinity thing, right? Mm -hmm. But the whole thing is funny. Mm -hmm. It's all funny. And like in the funniness, it's all messy. And he finds little areas of truth that like right. make you laugh because you know it's funny. You know it's true, right? Nothing about Andrew Tate ever makes you laugh. And it's because he's not finding any truth there. There's no truth. He's finding very like old, tired cliches. And for some reason, he's kind of like kind of shoving it down young boys' throats because that, that is kind of what they want to hear, even though they, they know it's not true. They want to hear it because it justifies their insecurities. That's what he is to me. Like, I don't think he could make it as a stand-up comic because I don't think he finds truths. I think he finds falsehoods and, like, dives into them and, like, doubles down and bites the bullet and won't leave the falsehoods despite everything else. Whereas, like, someone like Bill Burr, he will, like go down the same like kind of uncomfortable rabbit holes but he's right. gonna like poke at something that we're all like ah ha ha yeah that's kind of true right <laughs> right so what it's do fun. you well you know uh, kind of piggybacking on that like what what do you think it is and i i have thoughts on this what what do you think is the reason why it does resonate so strongly with mostly younger boys younger men but obviously <laughs> some like you know of age men as well I think that there's that's a really hard question to answer for one thing. And I do think that a lot of it does kind of come down to the fundamental immaturity of of men and boys. Um, I mean, I remember looking back and this is just like this is this is validated by psychology. Like dudes do not really mature until they're like 25. Right. And so part of being immature, and this is fine because this is just how it is, you know, part of being immature as a young dude is seeing the world as a very black and white thing and seeing it as a struggle that everyone's out to get you and like you need to survive because the world is going to eat you alive and kill you if you don't. And then like through that lens, you get all of this like self-help talk that is kind of like fulfilling and gratifying to you at that age. So for example, like you sent me a thing of Andrew Tate's that was like, oh, if you're ugly, but you still want to get laid, here's what you do, you get rich. And right, like, right. that's the dumbest of the dumbest advice ever. Cause it's like, oh shit, why didn't I think of that? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, right. I just gotta get I rich. Forgot. Duh. Oh my God. Thank you, Andrew Tate, for telling me this. <laughs> right? All I gotta do is get rich. And so the that's fine. You know, that's that's harmless, just just stupid. But kind of like where I do think that that is in this world 
of the Andrew Tate thing, that type of advice is actually truly harmful is because mm. the people who are going to eat up that advice, see that advice and eat it up, it's insecure young men. And they're not going to think, oh, I need to, I'm ugly and I'm overweight, so I need to get rich to get laid because that's really what I want at this stage of my life. Um, right. They're not going to be like, oh, okay, so I need to get an engineering degree and really apply myself and do something very hard that's unsatisfying to me for many years. And then 20 years right. from now, I'll be gratified by it. So get the engineering degree, go to med school, that sort of thing. It's not that. It's like get a, a Robinhood account and try to get rich quick off of like shitty penny stocks. That's what they're gonna do. And they're gonna like lose their money and then there's just spiral. That's way more the rational case for what's gonna happen for that that dumb advice of just get rich, bro. You right. know? And I think that that's unfortunate because the hard truth in life is like, don't listen to this like YouTube self-help guy. Listen to like your parents, you know, who are like, mm -hmm. try to get the A, even though it's really hard and it isn't mm -hmm. cool. Don't go out and drinking on Friday nights. Stay home and study. You know, like shit like that. <laughs> like, right. Imagine Andrew Tate was like, have a boring life in your early 20s. You don't fuck things up. And right. then you'll get the girl when you're 26. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you're worth something and have something to offer her. Because now you have nothing to offer her. <laughs> well, I think that uh, to me that that is where the kind of pinch point happens where it is speaking to young men is the value the value added, right? Like the mm -hmm. idea that I, I think that there's been an epidemic of sexual entitlement over the last mm. maybe 5,000 years, <laughs> you know, like I think there's been an idea and, and the idea is justified in certain realities where, you know, men, especially in the last hundred years in America have been able to overcome women's resistance by brute force and it hasn't been a negotiation it's been a uh yeah it's just it's been um it's been a pushing game and oh if i can push as hard as you can i mean we saw that so much in the 90s and the early 2000s with pickup artists right like you just yeah. have to overcome the no man and in a weird way sometimes that works you know that still works and maybe it speaks to a certain type of mentality i don't know who raised these people the men and the women both that this works for but i think that right now we're seeing and this kind of gets into why i think it might be speaking to young men is you know there's i think it's kind of twofold one of the, one of the reasons is i think because women are enjoying a larger market share in popular culture and power the power dynamic has definitely shifted where you're seeing and like you know i have thoughts on this too i won't really get into but like you're seeing women capture their sexuality more you're seeing that happen younger you're seeing women be able to use it in a way in society that allows them to get attention in a way that was totally ostracized and absolutely not okay, even 10 or 15 years ago. And that is part of what's shifting the balance. I mean, part of it is just cultural that we're having a, a woke movement where we're seeing a lot of people saying, well, you know, we don't just need equity, we need power. We need power in the society. And I think in a, in a, in a situation where you're a young boy and you're trying to figure out how to get a girl's attention or get a girl to like you, it's already a really difficult game. It's already a game that requires 
quite a bit of finesse and skill. And even when I think you were, we were in an age where men, the dominant perspective was that you just need to overpower the no, even then it takes a degree of finesse and skill and courage to get through that. But then once the power dynamic is evening, you're, you're really in a, a complicated game. You're not in a checkers game anymore. You're in a chess game. And that is frustrating by its very nature. That is frustrating to try to find the connection point with another human being and maybe even more so with a human being of the opposite sex. And when you're in the depth of that frustration, I really like this girl, you know, or I really want this or whatever. I think it's easy. You want the, you want the pill, you want the pharmaceutical, you want the thing that's going to allow you instant access to the thing that you want. That's going to cure the ill that you maybe don't want to see in yourself. That's not allowing you to connect with this other person. And I think when someone breaks it down to this simplistic level of like, you're, if you're poor, get buff, you know, what <laughs> I mean? like, you know, shit like that. You're like, Oh, that's the that's the oxycontin i'm in pain <laughs> and i can use this as a way to get out of pain and maybe it'll work at some point or maybe it'll work with a certain type of person but i think that one of the reason why it resonates with young men especially is because that is such a frustrating time when you're um when you're trying to figure out your own internal landscape that allows you to map out the connection points with the people that you want to connect with men and women, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think that's part of it. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, one of my themes that I just talk about these days is that we're kind of in the transition period with a lot of things and maybe we mm -hmm. won't be forever at this point, but we're sure. like young men, I think are getting a ton of mixed signals. <clears throat> right. Whereas I think that women are still getting a fairly coherent signal of uh, go to college and get a good job because for a very long time, women weren't able to do that. And in fact, mm. in many parts of the world, they still can't. So take advantage of this thing where you get a great job, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's great, straightforward advice. <clears throat> and on top of that, they can still you know, do like a marry up thing, which also like historically is how women did get wealthy was they, they married up, right? I mean, like... Right. Uh, uh, how Stuff Works uh, podcast. Just had actually an episode on that last week. Um, it's kind of a problematic view, but it's also like that's how things work for women forever. And it's still something that still works to this day, you know? Uh, <laughs> men, you know, they, they've never historically married up to get rich. Um, they've kind of recently... Um, been making less and less money. They've been going to college less because college is becoming too expensive. And so men are becoming like less educated, uh, mm -hmm. less wealthy, um, more likely to stay at home with their parents and not move out. There, there are all these kind of like high, high level metrics that end up very directly funneling down and feeding into they're unhappy with relationships. They can't find relationships. And then all of a sudden they're also at the same time in this like weird murky world of I feel like a failure, they're getting all these bizarre mixed signals of, oh, women are like love to be vulnerable and all you have to do is like come and ask them for sex because that's what the whole right. like, the internet projects that all over the right, place. Right. For, like 
So, you know, uh, Victoria's Secret shut down or basically like, you know, shut down a lot of their is, is a, kind of a failing business model at this point because they no longer can like like project that women are this this thing where they're submissive and they just want to look sexy for men. That's no longer a thing that works. Right. So like that sort of business model is failing while there's like OnlyFans in all this whole other world that's completely giving a different signal. So culturally right. men are seeing, oh, women aren't submissive anymore because, you know, Victoria's Secret is no longer doing that thing. Oh, but wait, OnlyFans is only this whole thing that's like it's it's women that look like they're the girl next door that just like love to take off their clothes for like a minimal amount of money. You know what I mean? Right. So there's completely mixed signals there and then as a guy when you feel like a failure you just like might be genuinely truly confused <laughs> by all of this yeah. like i see it like i'm i'm like older and married and so i i'm not part of this world but like i i can see how this would be so confusing and then an andrew tate type of character comes along and is like makes it all simple for you just like right. says the the, the dumb the shit that like you just really really want to hear and it's actionable because it's like, get rich, you know? So, oh, right. I'm getting a stock account and I'm going to get rich off stocks. Get rich quick, you know? Let yeah. me add a third prong into that too, mm -hmm. which is that one of the things I was, uh, I'll give you a quick story, an anecdote. So I was at the lake the other day and uh, I'm swimming around. I'm like, you know, got a rope tied to me. I'm like towing some rafts, you know, just getting my workout in. And I'm coming up to shore and I'm probably looking a little tired. And this <laughs> little, you know, maybe like eight, 10 year old boy sees me and he's hanging out with his dog in the water and he, and he, and he shouts to me, he's like, Hey, you need, you need some help bringing your rafts in, man. And I was like, no, you know, I'm good, man. Thank you though. Appreciate it. Nice offer. And I swim in and immediately, and this kid has just got a sweetheart. You can tell mm -hmm. in his face and his mannerisms, you know, everything. And as, and as I'm unpacking my raft, his dad is just berating him, right? Like his dad is just like, what are you doing? You know, why, why are you out there in the water with the dog? You need to be helping me load these rafts in. And I think one of the third prongs of the confusion is that we're, we're entering the final generation of fathers that are hmm. by nature emotionally unavailable. That culturally- oh, interesting. Yeah, that culturally you don't have the ability to create an efficient and and real to life map of the way that people are connecting with each other because it's based on an emotional, partially at least, well, with other people, I mean, almost mostly within an, uh, with an emotional intuitiveness. And for many generations in the United States, men were taught that that is you know, for all the way back from the 50s, it's, you know, it's weak, but then up to the 80s, it's fucking gay, you know, mm -hmm. and it became something that was Im immensely pejorative to be an emotionally mm -hmm. aware creature as a male. And so you're, you're, you're receiving these mixed signals from the world around you. And then your primary role model, if you have a father, is, you know, maybe not always, but it's really likely to be somebody that has embedded this emotional disconnect as a function of their masculine role in the world. And I mean, let me just speak to something else real quick, which is gets back to Andrew Tate, which is that this idea of toughness, right? Mm -hmm. This, this idea of being a tough guy, you know, and, and using masculinity as the kind of frame for this is like, okay, you need to be masculine. You need to be tough. 
But then I was I was reflecting on this a lot because one of the first things that comes up for me with Andrew Tate is how agitated he is, right? Yeah. He's so mm-hmm. agitated. He's always yelling and he's always trying to make a point and he's just so <laughs> fucking pissed off all the fucking right. time, you right. know? And I was and I was reflecting on this and and I in in my personal life I've given this advice recently uh, to to both young men and young women where it's like okay you know, uh, another quick anecdote. I was talking to a young woman who works with my mom and she was saying, well, all the boys in my class, all they're, they're always saying, they're always so angry. And they're always like, Oh, I just want to kill myself. I fucking hate this so much. And I'm like, I want you to understand so that they're performing a version of masculinity for you that they think is going to make you feel like they're tough. Mm-hmm. So let's just take wow, a second. That's totally insightful. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and let's just take a second and, and and look through the book of, of pop culture over the last 70 or 80 years. Let's look at James Dean. Let's look at Elvis. Let's look at a modern example, Ryan Gosling. These are all people that are pretty, pretty solidly upheld as cool guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they all they all in a certain way perform masculinity and toughness in a way that's palatable to most people, even now. Mm-hmm. What are they? They're relaxed, Peter. They're relaxed. Hmm. And that is the quint in my mind, as I've been kind of compartmentalizing, decompartmentalizing masculinity over the last like 10 or 15 years, I'm looking for this place where I'm like, okay, we want to throw out this traditional version of masculinity because it seems toxic, but there's got to be something in here. We're biologically driven in certain ways and we're socially driven in certain ways to enjoy certain aspects of femininity and certain aspects of masculinity. So what is the core of this positive masculinity? It's relaxed. Hmm. It's relaxed. It's unflapped. You know, because yeah. what is a what is a more perfect way to show that you are a, a fearful, insecure individual than being constantly agitated? Right? Like performing agitation as a function of masculinity is absurd when you go even one or two steps of removal down the thought process because you gotta figure, well even traditionally going back to like fuck man like you know ancient male roles what which guy is getting like the you know the 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 hottest chick in the tribe it's not the guy that's like complaining about how few mammoths there are you know what i'm saying it's the guy that's out there sharpening his spear fucking trying to figure it out you know what i mean he's cool people are freaking out and he's like no we got this but isn't that the quintessence of masculinity in a positive way? The we got this energy. Hey wow. guys, yeah. we got this. Yeah, we got this. Everybody totally. just relax, you know. And 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 really, if you want to go a step further into the modern, what the modern version should look like, it's not I got this, right? Because we've taken that in a time. It's we got this. Mm-hmm. And if I need to be the leader of this situation of of making everybody feel like we got this then I can be at the figurehead of that. But the but the figurehead has a pyramid below it, right? And even if you're at the top of that, the messaging that you have to be spreading to the people around you, whether they're male or female, masculine or feminine, or somewhere in between, is everybody just stay calm. We'll figure this out together. I might have some good ideas. I might have the best idea, but we all need to come together in a relaxed, efficient, and calm way and we need to figure this out together. 
That's great. No, I, I, I'm trying to like think of counterexamples to that, but I, I almost can't. I, I think that you kind of nailed the thing right there. I think that that's great. I mean, I think that in, in a certain situation, you know, Andrew Tate is speaking to a, a reality in which uh, we still do live in a brutalist society. We still live mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a place where there's hierarchy and there's picking order. And as a, as a man, it is one of my beliefs that you should be able to throw hands at some point. You know what I mean? If you had to, you know, if you're in a desperate situation, you, you may want to be able to protect yourself. And that is something that you can use as a way to calm insecurities and fear in the world around you. If you're, if you're physically capable, physically fit, and maybe even if you can fight, then that is something still, unfortunately, in a mm -hmm. certain way, a value in this world. You know, I've been in pickles. I bet you you've been in pickles. You know, our friends have been in pickles where you maybe didn't need to fight, but knowing that you would be able to if you had to, there is some value to that. Well, I, I'm thinking I, of a weird, just in terms of your... Uh... I think that the instinct to fight is is kind of something that hopefully we will get past, you know, all of us, because we only fight like, like, quote, good guys only kind of retain that instinct to fight just because there are so many bad guys. But the idea is to, like, get rid of the bad guys at some level. And that's like right. the real underbelly problem that undergirds everything is we're always just everyone on Twitter, everyone on the news. We're all talking about like, like, quote unquote, like, like people who got their lives together and like sometimes people fuck up on the edges, but like there's a whole underbelly of society of people who are like, just not part of those conversations and really are fucking the, and that's why we retain these, like, we need to fight. Cause the guy like breaking into your house at 4am with a knife and a gun, you know, and that's so outside the norm that unfortunately that means that we still have to have a fight instinct in us for the moment. Right. Long term, hope we weed that out. But like, kind of, kind of, uh, in terms of your, you know, the 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 confidence and the um, I got this mentality. I'm kind of thinking of two other characters who've been in the news recently. <laughs> uh, one, Alex Jones, constantly agitated and so very agitated. much doing that like. Uh, the angry white dude who is is like the last uh, uh, scream of like this dying former rulers of society, right? That's kind of right. him. that's what he represents. Right. Um, then like also not not necessarily uh, uh, the the greatest male character role model of all time, but like kind of a counter to that in the news as of yesterday from a new documentary, I think. Um, Mike Tyson. Sure. And he's kind of like right now he's like a like a an old man who like drops these like very confident uh, <clears throat> you know aphorisms for men about like how to succeed and not be yeah you know a wimp and that sort of thing. And yeah. he's like this kind of like stoic figure who's like yeah literally the toughest guy who might have ever lived ever. And right. he's like this very calm. He talks so peacefully. He's stoned yeah. out of his mind most of the time. Just very like like right. a Buddha type figure and you know if i were a young guy and i'm like okay do i want alex jones's you know agitation right. yelling at a camera you know in in, in with, you know, like with zero coherence or like this kind of like wise old man figure who literally was the toughest guy of all time i don't know mike tyson is kind of more appealing as a figure to like project yourself as as you walk down the street in, in life just being like I know I am confident and I'm going to speak softly and just like project yeah. confidence that to me, rather than like, ah, you know, the Alex Jones thing. I don't know. I don't know that Mike Tyson no, I, is way more appealing. 
I completely agree. And unfortunately, to my point, he did beat some dude's ass on an airplane like a couple I weeks know, ago. <laughs> I know. He's that's why he's not really a good role model, but like kind of the the image that he would project aside from the fact that he's probably kind of fucked up. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. I want to pivot a little bit actually, Please. if it's okay, to <clears throat> the cancellation aspect of Andrew Tate. Because <clears throat> yeah. I know that this is kind of like the uh, the tech angle here. I love We've never really talked too much about. Oh, what's that? I loved the video you sent me, by the way. Of oh, Vosh? Like, of his like penitent uh, hat in hand, like complete tonal shift. He's like, yeah, like fucking like, you know, it actually is a little serious when you get canceled because, uh, you know, fucking everything goes away. And it's like. <laughs> Yeah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that we've never really talked too much about, you know, internet cancellations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and deplatformings. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Maybe we'll take Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate as the, the the case study here. But in general, too, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on like where social media platforms should draw that line when they deplatform someone versus not. Do you have any strong feelings on that question? <sighs> it's a it's a complicated issue, and I'm gonna take a side. But at this point, the side that I'm gonna take, I'm gonna leave myself room to change my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit of an American and I'm a bit of a capitalist. I don't, there's a lot of things about the system that I don't agree with and I'd like to see a greater equity share in capitalist systems. Mm -hmm. However, with social media platforms, man, I am a little, I think whatever they want to do is whatever they want to do, man. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like as a private entity, I mean, there's this whole conversation that's going on right now. Like Twitter is the public square or the town hall and, and Facebook is the only way that people connect anymore. And so we need to regulate these platforms. And I don't know that it's the government's job to do that. I think that if these people are running a company that became successful on the idea that they, you know, uh, moderate, intercept, and platform social content, it's got to be up to them how they decide to police that. And there's this huge conversation about oversight and whether people should be allowed to be deplatformed or not. And my, my first thought is, well, then start a fucking Facebook. You know, if Congress mm-hmm. or the government wants to regulate social media, then there should be a federal social media site. You know, because at the end of the day, it, it it's not where we've been in this bubble for 10 years, man. We've had some platforms that have risen to prominence, and I am almost 100 percent confident that other platforms will rise to prominence in the next 10, 20 years. So I find it a little uh, distasteful that there's a conversation around, like, should these people be censored or should they not be censored? is is it okay to do is should we be letting everyone do free speech or not and it's like if free speech is protected under the constitution in a federal way where you can say whatever you want when you're in person and then there's certain types of hate speech and calls to violence that you're not allowed to say in public and the social media companies adhere to that relatively strictly so mm-hmm. i think that when someone is deplatformed um i i I, I have to support it, you know, it's, I, 
I think that there's a little bit of a of a of a mm, a dark flavor to that with <laughs> the rise of kind of extreme leftist woke politics where you know people are being deplatformed for saying pretty simple things you know i think the dead naming thing for transgender folks is pretty a pretty strange area of regulation where mm -hmm. you know you can be deplatformed for that but at the end of the day it's up to these folks that are running their own companies to decide what's okay and what's not on their platforms yeah, so largely, largely I agree with all of that. Kind of, kind of my my broad smattering thoughts that I'll just throw at you. Um, one is that for some reason no one ever says this, but the solution or the 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 deep platform is they're going to be messy. There is no mm -hmm. bright line. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's always going to be unfair at some level, you know, right. always because it's gray and it's messy and that's just simply the way that it's going to be. Given that, I think it's totally okay to disagree with any given deplatforming and to sure. raise a stink about it and to explain why a deplatforming wasn't okay. And that's part of sure. the conversation and that's what keeps the whole thing alive and interesting and fluid in general too. But it's, it's, it's going to be messy. And if you are saying things that everyone doesn't like, no matter what the topic, no matter anything, and you get a big enough platform, you're going to go down. That's just how it works. Yeah. If, if you're a total nobody, you can say literally anything you want. You <laughs> yeah. might get a, you might every now and then get a deplatform <laughs> thing, but it's not going to be a big deal because you got 20 followers. You start a new account. Who cares? You know, right, uh, right. but we're really talking about huge names. That's what we're talking about. Sure. And and like just don't say dumb shit that you know presses the these sorts of types of buttons. It's not that hard. They're fairly basic rules. The so that's a rant that I do. You know, the the kind of where I come back on the other side of that <clears throat> is that the case of like the Iraq war. This is the talking point, but I totally agree with mm, it. Back mm. in the day, uh, you know, if we were all on Twitter when the Iraq war was happening and we all were, you know, anybody who tweeted, the government should not go into Iraq. They do not have weapons of mass destruction. The they might have gotten canceled for that because it was mm. a dense prevailing narrative. Mm. Well, hey, guess what? It turned out that was true. And all those sure. people who hypothetically would have gotten canceled for speaking the truth, uh, you know, jokes on jokes on society for for calling that wrong. Um, so I think that that's a real worry that we don't want to. We 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 should be able to say ideas that that are kind of conspiratorial because like sure. legit, it we there's the government lies to us and like that's a reality yeah. and we have to like live in the social media sphere knowing that at some time, at some point, at some level, the government might be projecting falsehoods. And so we have to leave open, I think, a pretty wide door to be able to say, I think that the, the government has this wrong. I think that that's a, that's a big deal. And in my mind, that's different from like the very messy social stuff of like mm. people have gotten canceled, like you said, from saying a trans woman isn't a woman, a trans woman is a trans woman. Mm -hmm. Like just to a very tiny, minuscule fraction, not of the government, you know, mm -hmm. but of like the woke left, the far fringes of the woke left. That's not what you're supposed to say, you know. Right. Like, but like that's that's 
that's a social conversation. We absolutely, there's no reason to, that's not the government hiding information from us. That's us messily figuring out what it means to be a human. That stuff, to me, there's no way I would ever say a social media platform should cancel someone for that. If that's sure. a messy social thing, let's talk about it. We're humans and we talk about this stuff. So well, do, do you think that there's a coherent line there where it's like the government, we should be able to say the government is, is wrong, even it's a conspiracy thing versus a messy societal thing. I, I don't know. What do you What do you think about that as kind of a, a line? Well, immediately I'm drawn to the most recent example, which is coronavirus, right? Mm -hmm. We had, and, and that is really yeah. messy because it may not be that the government is intentionally withholding information from you. It may be that things are fluid and changing. And as, I mean, something that I've, I've been kind of uh, when, when coronavirus hit, I'm like, yeah, you know, you've got to get vaccinated. In a certain way, I was, um, I was a proponent of vaccine mandates. And something that happened during the pandemic was so much of the speech around coronavirus that didn't fit the dead center narrative of you need to be vaccinated and that's the only way to do this. A lot of that's changed, you know. Recently, I think, um, and I could be wrong about this, uh, maybe someone will fact check me, but the, I believe the CDC has recently ad admitted or, or come to the conclusion that um, your natural antibody response is as powerful as the vaccine, you know, or has a, a comparable effect on your immunity going forward in coronavirus. And that's something that two years ago, you would have been absolutely roasted at the spit for. You know, and uh, the other thing with coronavirus was that, you know, as folks are saying, the only way to be, the only way to stay alive is to get this vaccine. And there was people on the other side saying, well, I'm never going to vaccine. There's also people in the middle that were having their speech censored by saying, hey, you know what else you can do? You can be a healthy human being. And mm -hmm. it really, really reduces your risks of every uh, implication of this virus. And that to me is an inarguable truth, but because it didn't fit dead center with the narrative. And I think, you know, this is a bit conspiratorial, but I've been hearing people talk about, you know, uh, the Biden administration and probably to less degree, the Trump administration reaching out to social media platforms to try and control the narrative around it because they wanted everybody to become vaccinated. And I see both sides of this. I see, yes, we had no idea. It looked like it was fucking killing everybody. The vaccines looked like the solution. We're two years down the path now. And that, to me, seems like it, it was an, a huge impediment to the actual ability to fight and combat the virus, whether it's he being healthy or whether it was having treatments, not just a vaccine, having at home, you know, uh, remedial steps that you can take to lower your impact. I don't think a lot of that stuff was able to surface into the public consciousness because the vaccine mandate was something that was so heavily guarded and pushed by the federal government and to that extent by by social media companies. Yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, jumping a little, I totally agree with most of that, <clears throat> except yeah. for I, I do think that like telling people to get healthy 
it's too little too late. There's like mm. who out there who's weighing 300 Fair. pounds is literally going to be like, oh my God, there's a virus. As if like viruses haven't always been around as, as right. if the common Fair. cold isn't just as deadly for you when you weigh 300 pounds and have asthma, right? right. right. So I, I think that like saying that, like, because Bill Maher talked about this and Joe Rogan talked about this, totally agree. But that's like a long-term 10-year plan. That's not for like the right. virus right. you're going to catch next month. Get the vaccine. Modern science- yeah like is awesome like to to yeah. to we, we're alive today because of modern science that's so right. many levels you know and i think that like being science get thing gets things wrong and they got a lot of stuff wrong with coronavirus part of the scientific process is getting things wrong and learning from it and i respect that and being respectful of that is like just like kind of going along with it you know and and criticizing it but you know also going along with it but the other side of that the conspiratorial side, hey, they get things wrong all the time too, but they don't right. learn from it. You know, sure. like what conspiracy theorists do you ever see being like, oh, I got all this stuff wrong. Uh, so I'm going right. to learn from that right. and I'm going to refine my thing. I'm going to take in the newest data. Even so, I have to completely change my thing. And now I'm on board with like the science. That never, ever, ever happens. And that's why science is better. Do you <laughs> and think science and works. As a, and it, as a vaccinated person, right, mm -hmm. I, myself, do you do you think that I mean, take a take a side for or against the the uh, the censorship of of coronavirus misinformation over the last two years, or misinformation or misinformation, whatever you want to kind of consider it? Um, yeah, great question. I, it's a little bit case by case for me because one one of the things that people always said always was like, oh, you're gonna get canceled if you say this. And then they said yeah. it and didn't get canceled. So it's right. like, I think that, I mean, I listened to er, uh, Brett Weinstein on this. I listened right. to Joe Rogan on this. I listened to everything, you know? I also yeah. listened to CNN and Dr. Fauci. I listened to all of it. I could kind of tell, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I could tell when Dr. Fauci was just saying the politically convenient thing. Right. I'm also not an idiot. And I would listen to Joe Rogan. I could realize that he was having some kooks on who like right. weren't half as qualified as they were projecting that they were. You know what I mean? So like, I, I totally, I, I'm a little bit like, just, you know, let it all play out. You know, I also don't yeah. think the cancellations were nearly as bad as like Joe Rogan or Bill Maher said that they were just because like, right. I spent time on Twitter and every day on Twitter, it was people never shut the fuck up about how the vaccine is terrible for you and you're gonna die if you get it. Meanwhile, right. I got three of them and I'm like healthier than ever. You know what I mean? Right. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, it becomes, maybe it becomes like a question of do we dither the narrative down to the least intelligent person? Like, do we, do we make allowances mm -hmm. in society for people that are not willing to sift through multiple news sources and data and are much more accustomed to digesting news from a single source whether it be true or not you know are we yeah i mean like really i i truly think this is this is kind of not the exact topic but like i don't think that the problem was the social media discourse i think that it was um the fox news thing because you know my mom told me about a friend of hers who's like mid to late 70s uh not in tip-top health but watched fox news every day and because of that wouldn't get the vaccine you know and 
that demographic, you know, people are on Twitter arguing about things, you know, most of them are probably going to get vaccinated, even though they're signaling that they're not because it's a signaling thing. And they're all pr- pr- probably young and blah, 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 blah. But the Fox News right. audience is old. They're unhealthy and yeah. they are sheep who don't right. see both sides. They have their little tribe and that's it, you know. And right, so, right. I mean, I don't know, like I almost don't get, although this this sounds horrible to some people, I'm sure, but I kind of don't understand why, like, someone, some adult, whether it's the government or the CDC or something, doesn't call it Fox News, like Rupert Murdoch, and be like, look, dude, I know you need to get your viewership or whatever, but please, dear God, you have old, unhealthy people in your audience, like the majority of them. Can you please tone down your bullshit? Because you know they all got vaccinated. Everyone at Fox News, Fox News, you couldn't enter that door without right. being vaccinated, right? Meanwhile, right. they're signaling don't get vaccine, vaccinated is going to kill you. Like that is just propaganda at a level that I think is is just like really just gross. You know, it makes me feel yeah. gross the thought that they would go into work every day and do that. That's a little bit different from the cancellation social media thing. But way bigger deal to me because I think that that caused so much more harm, the Fox News thing. I don't know what you do about that because I don't think the CDC, I don't know. I mean, they're a private business. They can do whatever the fuck they want to. But like the CDC, I think, shit, they should have called up Sean Hannity and be like, dude, what? like, please, you know this is bullshit. Please. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and maybe it draws maybe it draws a useful comparison to the, to the idea of censoring social media. You're going to put government pressure on censoring information at, a, you know, a digital. You, you can't because you're not censoring Fox News and they right. have a huge audience and they have a huge viewership. And you treat them as an independent as an independent company that is able to adhere to their own set of guidelines as to what content they promote and push. And I don't I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I would guess that you know you know a comparable section of americans that have right wing overlap are on both social media and on Fo- and listening to fox news so if you're going to mm-hmm. if you're going to really push the censorship narrative you got to go after everybody buddy you can't mm-hmm. just go after yeah. the low hanging fruit in an industry that has gray areas and looser laws the only reason why they don't go after fox news i think in a political climate like that is because broadcast television has laws around it that are very well codified yeah you know and so it's easy to go after the digital space because it's a frontier space and you can try to make anything happen in there that you feel is right so in our last few minutes uh yeah andrew tate cancel or no cancel what would you do personally cancel you know as a as a person that cares about the minds and hearts of young men and young uh, i yeah i think that's fine i think that's a good thing i don't think it's just fine i think it's a great thing i think that when somebody is pushing a narrative that is clearly hateful clearly destructive clearly damaging the fabric of society it's okay it's okay to cancel that person uh, as you know, like whatever, like a free speech constitutionalist or whatever, I think maybe I would feel, uh, you know, ideology. I think that there's like an ideological and a practical separation for me where ideologically I would say, I don't know. I don't know if anybody should get canceled, you know, uh, because 
whatever, man, if you're, if, if somebody is speaking to societal ills, taking that person out of the equation isn't really doing anything to fix the problem. It's a psychological issue that young people are dealing with that needs to be addressed. We don't have that type of societal cohesion where we can identify a problem and then, you know, put structures in place that are helping young men figure out how to make it through a really confusing time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, fuck yeah, man, it's a private company. Cancel the motherfucker, you know? Uh, I think... Unfortunately, there is a ton of ton more Andrew Tates that maybe yeah. aren't as loud that are still going to have a huge voice with young men. And at the end of the day, it's speaking to something that is, you know, I don't know, maybe a sickness or a temporary illness in, in the minds of young people. And ideologically, I would say, well, then start messaging something good. You know, mm -hmm. ideologically, I'd say, let the guy say whatever he wants to say and meet him on the battlefield of ideas and present ideas that are more compelling and more intellectually satisfying and even more maybe viscerally satisfying, like just being a cool guy, man, just being fucking <laughs> relaxed. Like, it's so easy to tear this dude down, man. Like, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a bit I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of two minds on it, but my kind of the hammer falls for me on the side of private companies can do whatever the fuck they want. Mm -hmm. And the personal side, the hammer falls for me. I, I want to see everybody that, that tells young men to be hateful to women. I want them all deplatformed. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you on this. I mean, I started out, um, um, because I, I, I always start out on, no, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have canceled them. Why? Like, sure. Let people say right. what they want. Who cares? You know, that, that, that sure. always, that's my default. Then I like heard some of the specific things that he said, you know, cause Ooh. he said something and I'm just like, oh, so this like actually broke the rules. This broke the, right. you know, the, when you sign up for your social media account, you agree to certain terms. He, he broke those terms <clears throat> in yeah. ways that aren't just kind of like, oh, slap on the wrist. Maybe. But like, oh, uh -huh. with your follower count, with that sort of account, it comes a little bit of responsibility. Yeah, that's like the under that's like the the unspoken truth about social media. Once you have millions of followers, the rules actually apply to you. You know, because right. you have responsibility. You are like you are CNN, you are Fox News when you're that big. Um, so the rules are, and you have to like be mature and be an adult about it and realize that you're right. making a ton of money off of this. So yes, you follow the rules. And he said so many things that, that broke the rules. Broke the rules. So yeah, that, that 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 to me is it's kind of easy in in that sense. Um, right. Once I saw what he said, he said he said things that I'm like, oh, Ooh. like people could, men could kill people because of the things that he said. <clears throat> if they really, if, if any given angry, uh, failure-ish young man actually took it advice, they yeah. would be assaulting women every night at the bar, right. literally. Like, yep. and that's just. No society, like no matter the platform, whether it's at the actual town square or a school or a college or a workplace or literally anywhere that we interact with people, no one would be okay with this guy saying what he said in public. Yeah. He was in yeah. public. He was on social media. That's part of like the public square. He can't say that shit. Sorry. And he knew that. And he still, yeah. and like, here's the thing. He could have said his same exact message, same message, but without saying really violent things. Yeah. 
and he would still yeah. be on those platforms. You know, his yeah. his message isn't the thing he got canceled for. It's a bad message. It's dumb. But like that's not. It's like you said, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's the specific things that he said, man. And it's like, Ooh. if you're going to say that specific, really awful things, Brutal. like, dude, no, like you're, you're off. <laughs> and you, you asked for it. You were begging yeah. and pleading them for to, to turn you off. And the, so you got turned off. There you go. So that's that's kind of like my take. I know that there are like I have a lot of friends who are way more like free speech e. Um, I consider myself very free speech e. I'm just a realist, and I'm like, yeah, like Trump started his Truth Social. Guess what? He has terms of service, and guess what? They're yeah. way more weird and incoherent and stricter in many ways than Twitter. So there, that's this how it goes, and live with it, everyone. <laughs> final final thought on Andrew Tate, you're a small man, you're a total fucking pussy, you're obviously an insecure person, and at the end of the day, buddy, part of mental toughness and part of being tough is confronting the aspects of self that make you so agitated. So, you know, maybe maybe incorporate a more, more holistic version of toughness into your worldview, and some of the more uh, positive, if, if any, aspects of what you're saying could shine through. But come on, buddy. Fuck you. <laughs>